Hey, what's up, filmmakers? Uh, it's the Everyday Filmmakers podcast back at you. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Tom Kowalski. And I'm Rachel Janetti. And here we are with Jenna Tooley. Yay! We're uh, so excited to have you on. Yeah, Jenna, it's an, it's an yeah, so uh, Jenna, it's an honor to have you here. Uh, how about you like introduce yourself? Like, tell us a bit uh, about what you do and like uh, why we invited you on this podcast. Okay, well, I'm a production designer, mainly for feature films and commercials. Um, yeah, that's what I do. That's so amazing. And uh, we're current film students, but you were a film student. You were at SCAD, right? Yes, I was at SCAD, but I was actually a painting major. That's um, so cool. So yeah, I graduated with a degree in painting and a, a minor in drawing. Uh, but all throughout my time at school, I was practically on set every weekend. So. That's amazing. We love uh, having hands-on education for mm -hmm. film. And I feel like that's not something that we could have done in the past couple of years, but I'm so glad it's coming back. I feel like, a, yeah, I just, I've always uh, felt that on hands experience has been the, uh, the best way to like learn about film. And so, yeah, like that Rachel say. I mm -hmm. agree. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a couple questions to ask you, but if that uh, conversation like builds into something bigger, then we can always just go into that. We don't even have to regard the questions. We don't have to look at them, but um, do you mind if we just start asking you some questions and just talking about yourself? Yeah, go for it. Awesome. Great. Um, so Perfect. So we're going to start with where would people most likely know you from if they were to, like, say, Google you or find you on the street? Ooh, okay. If they were to Google me, I think they would probably just see my website come up first. <laughs> I don't know. They probably wouldn't see a lot. I mean, it probably, that's a really good question, actually. I probably don't know the answer. I think that people would know me on the streets, maybe more so um, from my paintings, at least like I was a painter all my, my entire life. And so in high school, people knew me as a painter in college with all of my film friends, people knew me as a painter. Um, so maybe not now that I'm a professional production designer, um, but I definitely think I'm used to just people knowing me from my paintings or like, Oh, I saw your painting in this show or something like that. So what prompted you to make the leap from, uh, from painting to sort of film to that? From, from a film set design, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, so my parents are actually in the film industry. My mom was a manager and my dad was a visual effects artist. Um, and so I kind of grew up around film or at least thinking I knew what film was. I thought all of films were made in post-production and that like Steven Spielberg directed them all. Um, so I really just didn't understand that there's this whole other side. So when I went to SCAD, um, I met some filmmakers like really early on on my recruiting trip, actually, because I was um, I played lacrosse in college as well. Um, so on my recruiting trip, I met a bunch of filmmakers. Um, and from there, they invited me onto their first uh, or onto my first set uh, my freshman year. And as soon as I walked on, like we were it was a party scene. So we were throwing like bottles around and like making it look like a mess. And I was like, this is cool. This is a job. Like I thought that was just so cool. And then from there, I just explored more and more. And I think throughout my time at SCAD, 
I was very torn and I really thought that I had to choose like one path or the other or that, you know, I was throwing away, you know, years over a decade of my painting life to pursue film. Um, and then I just like realized I can do it all. And that, you know, sometimes dreams change and I love film too much. Like it's like an addiction, like you can't stop. So, yeah. I think I we're, we're both very familiar with that feeling at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that answer. And honestly, uh, what you said there, actually, you said that you thought you had to choose both, but now you realize that you really don't. And uh, what made you come to that realization? I think for a long time, I just tried to put myself into a box of like what other people were thinking of me and what I thought I was supposed to be like everyone at SCAD was very much, you have to specialize if you're going to make it in the industry, like you have to specialize and you have to get really like, you know, specific with your training and all of that. And um thought that was interesting at first. And I thought that was probably the path I should go on and that I should choose a specialty. Um, and then the more I was researching production design and the more I was reading every interview of every production designer I could find, um, every single production designer said that the most important thing to learn uh, to be a production designer is to learn everything. Um, and so I was like, that's if that's part of my job is to learn everything, then why not? Why limit myself, you know, to just one job, too? And I think it's important to pull inspiration from everywhere. So I, I don't want to go down just one path. Right. I've definitely uh, noticed that in like my sort of education, I guess, where at first you're like, you want to like, I feel like everyone wants to specialize at least in terms of like filmmaking. Uh, you know, everyone wants to like specialize in camera work. Right. So, mm -hmm. but as I've like kind of advanced through that, path i've realized that no you can kind of you kind of need a little bit of everything which is why I'd, i've kind of hopefully expanded my interests and yeah. i I'm, I'm glad to see that uh you've also done that yeah i mean film's a collaborative team effort and so if you don't know what your teammates are doing or their jobs at all or why they have to make the decisions they have to make then you're not going to be a good team player um it's just really important to know how everything works and uh, speaking of work, basically, uh, you've done a lot, obviously, because you've been to SCAD and they have a very hands-on department, whether if it's through your friends or just like through the program itself. Uh, what is the work that you're most proud of at this moment? This moment, it'd probably be everything after SCAD. <laughs> I love all of everything that I did at SCAD and I like you know, I'm very appreciative for my time there. There's a few projects that are still probably some of my favorite, even now that I'm a professional. Um, we did a set in college called The Fray. It was a short film and we basically built an entire village out of garbage that we had picked up on the street and built it in our uh, director's side yard. And then basically like Cake Boss moved it from like the... <laughs> side yard to the location and there's this massive build and it was just so cool seeing like all of my friends from college coming together and making something so like large scale um and then now i would say that my my like most proud i think i've ever been was actually um 
a short, my first feature, because it was my first feature, Wholly Irresistible. Um, and then besides that, most recently, I just worked on a project called um, Crooked Trees Gun Give Me Wings in Savannah. And I just think it's the my favorite thing I've ever designed. And it's premiering at Tribeca this June. Um, and it's just... It was just so much fun all the way through and everyone was so kind and the set, I got so lucky. Like every time I went out shopping, it was like every like item was speaking to me and it was like, it was like, I was finding it like I was meant to be. It was just, it just came together perfectly. So. That's awesome. That's you love to, yeah. You love to see it when like uh, the universe just kind of gives you a, a helping hand and that sort of stuff. Yeah. What did you say? The, uh, the name of that one is called again. Uh, Crooked trees gun. Give me wings. Do you want to go a bit more into that? Like who's like uh, the director maybe? And uh, like mm -hmm. who, what else uh, did you have involved in that film? Let's see. So the director, her name is Kara. She's like the most wonderful, amazing person. Um, and our DP was named Ollie. All female department heads, which was also incredible. Um, love to see it. Always love to see it. Um, and it's a project through um, Hillman Grad uh, Productions, 271 Films, and Indeed, like the job searching up um and so they have a, a initiative called um rising voices and out of thousands of applicants um i believe 10 are chosen to um be made and then premiere at tribeca uh and i saw a listing i think on like facebook and i reached out and then they immediately got back to me and in our first meeting we all were like this is meant to be. We all were just like, we have to work together. Um, and it was an incredible experience that I just happened to be. I was in LA at the time working on a feature. Um, and so right as soon as I wrapped designing that feature, I flew to Atlanta, packed all my stuff and then drove down to Savannah. And then I drove right back to Atlanta and now I'm right back in Savannah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. You are so accomplished for someone so young and you're so talented. It blows me away. Like whenever you post about your paintings and stuff and the new things that you do, I'm always like, I aspire to be like you, honestly. Um, and as a, like, as a woman in film, as a, a fellow woman in film, uh, you mentioned that you had all female heads of departments for that one film that you worked on. Uh, that's premiering at Tribeca, which is huge. Uh, can you talk about like your experience as a woman in film and representation on set as a woman? Yeah. I mean, it's what a big topic. I'm very passionate about it. So I have so much to say. Um, I think originally when I was brought on to my very first film in uh, SCAD, I was brought on because they thought I was pretty. And so I got on the set and I was just hanging out. I didn't have any real responsibilities. Again, I said I was throwing bottles around. It's pretty much what I did the whole time. Um, but I was soaking it all in because I knew that I was more than just, you know, there to be there. Um, but I definitely found that throughout my time in college and then even in the industry, it's it can be very difficult. In college, especially, I was talked over way too much and my opinions weren't really trusted and not only that but I, I know that production design is predominantly seen as like one of the few um like roles within film that's like a woman job which is like what is that you know um so it's easier for me to be respected in that position versus like a female dp that's 
in a whole other level. But, you know, within that, within the whole industry, it's still very difficult. And there's things that I do to assure myself jobs that I'll tell my male like friends about that. They're just like, I've never even thought about that. So like when I go into interview, like I wear glasses, I put my hair up. I don't like specifically dress very girly or very feminine or anything like that. I recently dyed my hair back to brown instead of being blonde because like the way people look at me on set or perceive me on set was I wanted to, it's it's hard that we have to change. Well, you don't have to, you don't have to actually, but um, I know that I'm already at a hindrance being so young and being a department head um, that there's just little things that I do to try to at least get people to listen to me up front um, so that when I arrive on set, I can be exactly who I want to be, but I already have dealt with everything else. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's, it's something that's really hard to deal with. And uh, even as in my meager five years of film experience, I've had it happen to me where uh, there was a project. Uh, I don't know if you were in this class with me, Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was last semester, but I was very angry at this one point because this these two men showed a uh, very violent movie. It was a, I believe it was a Spanish movie. And uh, basically women were attacking this one woman and ripping her clothes off in the street and being very violent. And the men were jeering. And um, it was all because this woman was being perceived by their husbands. And they were like, oh, this is just because women are crazy kind of thing. But I don't remember the exact thing they said. Obviously, they worded it better uh, with air quotes, heavy air quotes uh, than I just did. But it was quickly shut down by my teacher. Thankfully, he is a very understanding individual who is conscious of, you know, other people around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were only three women in this advanced production class. And it was quite daunting so much that I had to leave the room uh, and my friends as well. Uh, we didn't come back for about 10 minutes because, you know, we were trying to like take in what would just happened. Um We tried to fight back, of course, but, you know, sometimes you can't and sometimes your voice gets drowned out. And I, Uh, I, I hope you never had to experience that, but I know it's more than likely that you did. Yeah, no, there's definitely our fair share at SCAD as well as there's, there's definitely been moments even while filming that there'll be a scene that's very uncomfortable to see, to to film for a lot of people and I'll, I'll just leave. I just won't be a part of it. And so, yeah. So I did want to ask as the, uh, as the, as, as the man here, as, as a, as a guy, as a fellow, uh-huh. what do we, what do you think? And this goes to both of you. What do you think that we as men could potentially do on set to make it a more welcoming experience? And just like in the entire like film industry as a whole, which I know is a very, uh male dominated field generally and is historically unwell unwelcoming to uh to women so what do you think could be done better i guess i think men just need to give space for women allow space for them amplify their voices support them um i think there's a very i told this to pretty much everyone i went to college with i asked them if you were looking at a female DP and a male DP, and they had the exact same qualifications, exact same work, like, who would you hire? And a lot of them admittedly would say 
oh, wow, I guess, guess I would choose the man. Like, and I'm like, well, there's your problem. Like, you have to look at someone's work. And if someone on set is being, is hired to do their job, they got hired to do their job. Mm-hmm. Like, that is their job. So I, w- I would walk on sets and I'll have a, an old man who, because most of my peers as department heads are 50 plus. I'm really out of the, you know, general, you know, uh, so I'm very different than most of them. And I'll walk on and I'll say, this is what needs to, or I'll be doing my job. This is what needs to happen. And an old man will come up and be like, mansplaining how to do my job to me or how I should do it better. And I just don't listen. I actually just don't even look and I just don't engage because, you know, if, if I was hired to do my job, I got hired to do my job and you should do yours. And, you know, I think it's just important to realize that everyone around you, if they got hired to do that job, it's because they're, they're professionals. Um, but then going beyond that, there's not as many opportunities for women and that's what needs to change as well. There needs to be a push for women and, you know, it doesn't have to, there's so many ways about it, but it just needs at every single level going all the way down to film school. And it just needs equal opportunity because um, the only way it'll be equal is if the opportunities are equal. And that's where I think the big gap is, you know, the talent's all there. There's, equally as many women in film school than there are men in film school. There's actually more females in film school statistically. I think it's like 51% or 52%. Whereas it, the amount of women hired after film school drops down to like 30. I mean, it's like some crazy, I did some report on it once, so I may be butchering those numbers, but it's, it's something along those lines where it gets drastically cut um, because the industry is only hiring men, even though the same qualifications exist. Um, so it's just about opportunity. Allow your you know, peers to have opportunities. Give your female peers opportunities. Find them opportunity. You know, it's, it's all about that, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I would say something similar because uh, y- you guys as people who are starting in a place with an advantage, whether you like it or not, you're starting with an advantage. Uh, We have to work often 30 times harder than you to prove Mm -hmm. that we are able to be there, that we are eligible to be there, that we are worthy of being there. And Mm -hmm. even after we're hired, we have to, in their minds, uh, often the older uh, people, the veterans on set, uh, we have to keep proving that we're worthy of being there. Uh, and so if we make one mistake or we drop the ball for one second, which men do as well, we're often punished more and uh, where the blame is often put on us, even if we didn't have a whole fault in it. I know that there are stories of women who were blamed for entire mishaps, even though it wasn't their fault. Uh, so it's just hard because we have to constantly meet the standards and exceed them for male validation, which is, yeah, you know. there's underlying misogyny where it's like, yeah, we took a chance on hiring a woman. Oh, they messed up. They're done. Right. We shouldn't mm-hmm. have done it. 
when that's not the case, you know, and going back to you, you just said that, um, you know, we have to work probably sometimes twice as hard. That's like me putting on glasses and, and, you know, dressing a certain way. And it's, it's all these steps that I have to think about because I know it will help me even the playing field. You know, it's not something I want to do or I'm not trying to change me or change anything, but it's like, that's what I have to do at this point. So that hopefully when I, you know, fully, you know, get to a, a fantastic place in the industry, then I can change that for everyone else that comes below, you know, after me. So. Right. I yeah. mean, I've, I've worked with uh, plenty of women, like even just in my, uh, my university experience, like who I'm like, I mean, yeah, like just Rachel, I feel like is like significantly more qualified than me in almost every single way in terms of filmmaking. And it'd be seeing it just like, it doesn't make sense from even a logistical standpoint to like, hire someone like me over her for the same position because she's been doing this for five years and she's got her own company and I'm just some schmuck with a camera. <laughs> I mean, you can focus the camera. I can focus the camera. Let me tell you, I do. Sometimes I do autofocus. Maybe <laughs> who's the, who's the judge. But Our film project wasn't focused for the most part. That's good. That's for all the most part. Me, baby. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that was a pretty deep conversation that we just had. And I, I love that. I love the back and forth here. And I love the, that we just kind of like, I don't know. Words. Yeah. So, much, so much to talk about there. I could keep right. going for years. So Jenna, you did mention before, like you had a uh, bigger aspirations, I guess. What would be like your ideal position in terms of like what you want to do on a film set or even like in a job in general. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, I'm, I'm doing it, which is really cool on a smaller scale. I want to be doing larger films, but um, I mean, I'm a production designer and I pay my rent. I pay all my taxes. I, you know, everything, my salaries from production design takes up all of my time. Um, you know, I'm never searching for, for work. Um, I'm always getting offers um, and I have to turn down more offers than I take, which is, you know, a crazy position to be in at this young. It's just, Lucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's crazy, you know, and it happened out of nowhere. And once your name gets out there, it gets out there and then your portfolio builds and your connections have connections and your connections have connections and connections. And it's just this whole network. And, and so it's crazy, but um, I think my you know, my next goal and my end goal is to just, you know, work on not even necessarily bigger films, but films that inspire me. I'm always just looking for the next one to inspire me. Sometimes I take jobs that I'm not as inspired by um, because at the end of the day you do, it's still a job and we have to pay rent. Um, and I think the important thing to look at each film, you can learn I mean, you can obviously learn so much from every job, but each job will provide you at least one thing that will help you get your next one. So you meet maybe one producer who pulls you on to, to shoot something else, or you meet one person in your own department who you're like, I can never not work with them again. And you're always just, you know, building that. And, and so I'd say I just want to be inspired by the work. And I, I do definitely want to do some bigger films. I've only stayed within like tier zero to one. So, or micro to macro. I don't know the 
I don't really know the difference, but you know, under under five million is what I've worked with. So I'd love to um, expand upon that. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. I love your drive. And um, it's really, I think our audience is going to be very inspired by your drive as well. Um, But for you, like, what were the steps that you took? Uh, I know it's not one size fits all, but like in your experience, what were the steps that you took to get where you are right now? Um, Well, I definitely think I've worked very hard. I think there's a mix of everything. I do think I've had some luck, like every person in the film industry needs to make it, have some luck. Um, But also um, one thing that I think that they don't teach in film school, and I think they taught a bit more in my fine arts degree was um, business and management. And being my own manager, I'm very good at it. And that's what's, I think, um, gotten me to where I am. So my portfolio, my website, I've been working on it for years and years and years. I keep it updated, like the most updated. I'm on a bunch of different sites um, that push my name out there. So Production Hub, Staff Me Up, Mandy. I keep my profiles updated at all times. I never put the year I graduate because I never want people to know how old I am. And yeah yeah i don't put my birth date or any of that um what years of experience i add on the school years and (laughs) um anything that can cheat it because i know i'm qualified for the job but i just need people to take the chance on me and now you know all those qualifications that i used to kind of fudge i have and i can keep kind of fudging the next level until I, i get there my dad always taught me like say you can and then learn it like if you're asked in an interview, like, can you do this? Say yes. And then learn it before you have to do it. Um, and that's kind of been my motto. Um, but yeah, I've just been really good at managing myself and, and reaching out to people um, or really just keeping up with the people that reach out to me um, and providing, you know, replacements if I can't do the job so that they know that, you know, I have a network. It's just a lot of that really. And I think that's what got me, um, pretty far and then also um not having the fear of failing um you just have to kind of be brave um in the face I actually was going to be a gallery curator in San Francisco I had signed a contract to work at Restoration Hardware I was going to give up film um this was right after I graduated pretty much um or a year actual after actually um and so I had signed basically film away and then I got the call to, to design my first feature and I debated it at first. And then I finally, like within a week, I decided, well, yeah, if I want to be a feature film designer, I need to start by designing a feature film. So I uh, terminated my contract. I packed everything in my car and I drove to Atlanta and then I put it in everything I owned into a storage unit and then did the film and then found an apartment after. So I just kind of took the risk. Sometimes you just need to take the leap. So, yeah. Oh, that's a very like good sentiment. I feel I, uh, I've definitely pulled the, uh, say you can and, uh, learn how to do it later a few times, uh, <laughs> uh both in this industry and outside this industry. So me with after I, effects, <laughs> <laughs> I, I still don't know how to do after effects. Uh, fake it how hard, make it. How hard can it be to learn? Along. We really don't. <laughs> no. I don't think anyone knows. So that, <laughs> I think I've come to the realization that in the, in the film industry, everyone's just kind of faking it. I think, I think to a certain degree and um, they're all just, they're all just like saying 
they know a lot more than they do. Whoever says it with the most amount of confidence is what everyone else will believe. And that's it. Sometimes there's better ways to do things, but the person that said it first and with the most confidence said it that way. And so you just agree. Yeah. There's a very good chance that Spielberg has no idea what he's doing and he's just been winging it for the past 40 years. Oh, that man. That I've talked to you in film, I mean, literally everyone I've talked to and, and reached out to that's larger than what I've done has said at, the, at every step of their career, they're like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> that's actually very comforting. Also, <laughs> on this uh, podcast, I have a beef with Steven Spielberg. It's kind of a joke, but... At one point, I did threaten his career in a YouTube video because he didn't allow Netflix films to be considered for Oscars. Um, so we have a little bit of beef. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I hope I can, you know, help in some way to inspire someone. Oh, you're um, doing great. Definitely daunting to start the industry. And I was so, I mean, I was petrified. I was like, how do I get into an industry where everyone seems to be, to know so much more and be so much more experienced? And then, um, well, one, the one comforting advice my father gave me was um, every time I called him about a problem we were having on a student film and how insane it was and like all this crazy stuff was going on. He said, oh, yeah, those are the same problems we have. It never changes. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's true. Every film I've ever gone on and, and even from micro budget to a couple million, these problems are always the same. It's just on a larger scale. It never changes. That's actually little, like, like comforting and also like, dang. Yeah, <laughs> it is comforting, though, because like you feel like you're jumping into this whole new world after being in the student film world. But mm-hmm. it's really just the same world, just bigger. Yeah. That's like when I first uh, signed on to do my feature, I was really nervous because I was like, I've only done short films, so I don't know how to design a feature. I know how to design short films. And then I just had to sit down and realize, OK, it's exactly the same more of it yeah and that's took, awesome like i'm that. glad to uh i'm glad to see that the uh industry does not change no matter how long yeah. you've been in it and how much experience you think you yeah. have you Still maybe feel more dated and that's about it right. <laughs> yeah so, so uh so jenna i did want to ask you what advice do you think you would give yourself from five years ago or to like any like newer film student into the industry um don't let other people put you in a box um because then you're gonna believe that um or don't let them make you believe that i mean i definitely saw everyone else around me i could tell what they were saying about me i could tell what they thought about me and you know word circulates i don't know how clicky other film schools are or if they're as competitive and as clicky as mine was but the industry is also like that and so you do have to develop a thicker skin. And so I think within that, don't develop a thicker skin for other people. Do it for yourself. Um, and don't allow people to put you in a, a box that makes you smaller than what you are because you, you know, you, you get to decide what you are and, you know, what's okay. You get to set your own boundaries. First of all, boundaries is also the advice I'd give my younger self. Make make boundaries for yourself because um, you're allowed that this is your life you're living. Also, it's not just film, you know, film is at the center of every filmmaker's world. It seems to be in this in film school. It was definitely our lives revolved around film 24 seven. 
So the advice I'd probably give is, you know, learn to live. I'm still working on that though, I will say. So <laughs> it's an ever growing process, but learn to live and uh, make boundaries for yourself so that you can live um, and then don't let other people make you smaller than what you are. I guess that's why I'd say. That's like, you speak so well. You have so many good quotes. Oh yeah. I'm so tired. And I feel like my brain's like going and I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> You're just <laughs> tired and you turn into Shakespeare. <laughs> it's like ramble on. My brain just kind of goes, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Um, we Honestly, only have- yeah. yeah, that might be like a really good place to stop, honestly. Yeah, that was actually fantastic. Um, and I'm so glad that we got to talk. Yeah, me too. This is great. It's been yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, like Rachel was saying, yeah. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh, mm-hmm. And hey, if you hear of any, any, uh, any film sets that need a couple PAs, we're graduating soon. So okay. when are you guys graduating? May. May. <laughs> a month. Yeah. Oh, so in a city in in july so if i ever hear an opportunity i'll pass it on we do yeah. know someone with an apartment there at cat yeah. <laughs> i'll be living with my parents an hour away oh yeah perfect <laughs> oh at all <laughs> yeah we're so glad that we can have you on and uh we'll welcome you back on any other time as well if you want to talk to us more maybe about women in film yeah. uh yeah or maybe we can watch a movie and just critique it together that would be fun as well yeah no literally anytime just let me know yeah so uh without further ado i'm rachel janetti i'm tom kowalski and and i'm jenna dooley (laughs) and this was everyday filmmakers turn it to tune in every wednesday at 8 a.m i believe yeah i think that's what i said (laughs) Yeah, 8 a.m. for on Apple Podcasts, correct? And Spotify? Yep. Woo. Tom is the one that uploads these, so I have no idea. <laughs> I made the website. It's yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, tune in and uh we'll see you next time. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap, folks. <laughs>